Well, very good morning. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful uh, to be here and to be joined as well by everybody watching the live stream and online. So delighted uh, that you could be part of this as well. Just over a week ago, I stood in this very spot during my licensing service. I ain't been vicar for long, it's only been a week. <laughs> and as part of that licensing service, I had to swear the oath of allegiance to the Queen. And now she's no more. And she represented to us not only years of extraordinary Christian service, but also constancy and stability. Uh, the Prime Minister called her a rock. I've heard other people refer to her as the nation's grandma. Here in the Church of England, she was our supreme governor. And her death comes at a time that is even more, I think, difficult because we are in times of great instability and uncertainty. The soaring cost of inflation and the rise of living, the war in Europe. Uh, the shooting earlier this week in London of Chris Cabba and a set of government ministers almost entirely new in their post. And then in the midst of all this, you've got a church, not only HTB, but the whole church across this city and beyond. A church that carries compassion, and joy and hope in Jesus. And surely that's got to count for something. But how do you put those two things together? A, a nation that is in a time of transition and instability and uncertainty and grief with a church that carries the salvation of Jesus. That's what I want us to look at today. How do we carry one another's burdens? That's a scripture that comes from the New Testament when Paul writes to the church in Galatia. And here in the message translation is some of the words that he writes. Live creatively, friends. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let's work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And the verse I particularly want us to focus on, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, carry each other's burdens and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. I believe that God is calling us as a church and equipping us 
to help to carry the burdens of London in this season. And it begins, it says, within the church, within the community of faith, within one another. Let's work, it says, for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to you in the community of faith. Last week, Catherine, our associate vicar, talked about how God is our father and how he carries our burdens, personally practical in a one-to-one way. He looks after us. But the way that God meets our needs very often is through one another. People, you may have noticed that these last few days, respond to difficulty, uh, and including to grief, in different ways. For some people, when they hit hard times, it draws out of them a desire to be around other people. You see something of that, of the crowds in Buckingham Palace gates or laying flowers in Green Park. For others, and I confess I'm more like this, when I'm going through a difficult time and struggling, I can tend to go in on myself and to draw away from people and somehow to become sort of isolated and a bit individual. wonder which you are. I remember four years ago at Focus, which is our church weekend away, uh, for one reason or another, I was having a sort of difficult time in those days. And I, there was one day where I was walking into the shower block and I passed a really close friend of mine, but I hadn't seen them during that, that particular week. And this friend, they stopped me and they said, Archie, are you all right? And I put my head down and I said, I'm fine. So I walked on. And weeks later, I was catching up with that friend and we, he referred to that moment. He said, you know, the thing was, Archie, I knew you weren't fine. And actually, I thought that we were really close mates. But when you said that, I, I confess, he said, I, I thought, well, maybe Archie doesn't need me like a friend so much as I thought he did. And so since then, I, he said, I, I've just taken a step back a little bit in my heart and practically. And I thought, oh no, because actually I wasn't very good at expressing myself, but I did need my friend. And God is teaching us that we need one another. In Gethsemane, we read about Jesus when he is in a particular time of grief and sorrow. And he takes with him to Gethsemane three friends. And he says to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay with me. Watch with me, he says. Now, do you think Jesus was just playing a game with them? I mean, he didn't really need friends, but he just thought, well, I better, you know, help them feel included. No, no, no. Even Jesus, the God of the universe, needed friends. And how much more do we? If you think about it, God's design for our lives is that we should be dependent upon one another. We are born into this world needing, depending on the protection, the care, the love of others. Most of us will leave this world 
dependent on the love, the care, and the protection of others. Jesus himself dignifies dependence. He's born as a baby, dependent on his mother for everything. He dies on a cross, his limbs pierced and stretched so he can't move. Again, completely dependent. Sometimes you hear people say that I don't want to be a burden to anyone. But that's not right. We are all designed to be burdens to others. You are meant to be a burden to me. I am meant to be a burden to you. And the church family exists in a state of mutual brokenness and burdensomeness. Carry one another's burdens and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. Sam and I would like HTB to be a community of faith, a church, where everybody here has at least one person that they are close enough who will carry their burdens. And for everybody here to have at least one person that you are close enough to so that you may carry their burdens. Friends that you walk through life with. Friends who will pray with you. A connect group all over the city, whatever that may be. So it starts with a community of faith. It starts with us. But then there's something about the church that God wants to use to play a part in carrying the burdens of our city. Like your previous vicar, I've joined a gym. (laughs) And I haven't been there long, but I've noticed the same man there almost every time that I go. He's one of the cleaners. And so each time I go, I noticed him. He's um, topping up the towels and the water. He's mopping. He's getting the place ready for anybody who uses that gym. And the other day, Wednesday, I think it was, I, I asked her, I said, thank you. I walked into the studio where he was at work. I said, thank you for doing all the cleaning. I said, well, what, what time did you get here today? He said, 5.30 this morning. I, I get here before anybody else to get the place ready. I said, what's, I said, thank you, what, what's your name? He said, I'm called King George. He said, well, I'm, I'm called George, but I call myself King because this is my kingdom. As I say, I'm here before anybody else gets here to make the place ready. I tidy up, I mop up, I top up the towels and the water. And I've watched him the last few days. And sure enough, he kind of greets everybody. So many people seem to know his name. It's like, it's like he treats it like the place of his kingdom where he looks after and cares for the place and the people. I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if each of us had that attitude about the places that we are out and about when we're not here like in church? That you think of your workplace or your family or your neighbourhood or the shops you frequent as like a kingdom that you care for and you look out for 
and you greet people and you and in particular how in this time of national mourning can we help carry the burdens of our city well it starts with being close enough to people to understand them in a story in the gospels we have an account of two sisters who have just lost a loved one, someone they loved very much, not the queen, but their brother. These two sisters' names are Martha and Mary. And when they see Jesus, they see him at different times, but they both say exactly the same thing to Jesus in John 11. They say, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha says that first to Jesus. And Jesus responds by saying to Martha, your brother will rise again. Then a few moments later, Martha's gone, and this time it's Mary, the other sister. And she says the same thing to Jesus. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But this time, Jesus doesn't say anything to Mary. He just weeps with her. You see, Jesus was close enough to those two sisters to be able to bespoke his burden-bearing method to the, each one just what they needed. He sees what they see. He feels what they feel. He understands them. And so to one, he gives practical, timely words. But to the other, he's the ministry of tears. Are we close enough to people to see and to feel and to understand and to listen to them? And then the other thing with understanding, the other thing is, is suffering with people. This came back to me as a kind of illustration uh, last month uh, when Sam and I and the family were moving house up, up to London. So we're carrying boxes up and down the stairs, at least I was, and I, um, some of those boxes, most of those boxes I could do on my own, but occasionally there were boxes that were too big or too heavy for just me. And so at that point, I would rope in one of my three sons. And what I noticed was that when we were carrying the box together, it always lightened the load for me, that is true, but also it always came at a cost to them. It was an inconvenience. Hey, come and help your dad for a moment, will you? And they had to interrupt what they were doing. It was um, a cost to them because sometimes we'd be going down the stairs and I'd make them like have the biggest part of the weight. And then sometimes we'd be going through a narrow doorway. And have you ever done that with a big box and you kind of end up grazing and bruising your hands? And by the end of the day, they were quite tired as well. You see, you know when you are sharing, carrying somebody else's burden, you always know if you're really doing it because some of the weight of their burden comes onto you you in some way always are inconvenienced. It's always costly. It's, it's somehow you suffer in the process. 
Maybe that's our problem. Maybe we say, look, you know, I, I would love to help, but I can't afford to right now. Because the narrative is that in our head is, well, I'm a little afraid that I, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I mean, supposing I start helping a little, but you want a lot. Supposing this ends up being something totally unmanageable and I can't cope. Suppose it uses all my time and all my energy and all my money and resources. And I don't want to let you down. And I don't want to end up exhausted myself. And I, yeah, there's something about boundaries, isn't there? And I've got to have preserve a sense of self. So look, I would love to help, but I just don't know that I can afford to right now. But here... He says, do not become weary in doing good. How is that even possible? I mean, I'm telling you, God, I've got my problems, my own burdens. I mean, I've got the start of term, I've got a family to attend to, work to look out for. Have you seen what's on my plate, God? I mean, I've got no margin, no bandwidth. I, I, I am maxed out. And you want me to help? carry the burdens of London as well. I, I, I couldn't do that. I mean, how, how can I not become weary in doing good, but burned out even? This is how. I want to finish with this. This is how we can carry the burdens of the people around us without getting burned out ourselves. It's when you understand that the greatest burden that you or anyone in this world will ever face has already been carried. Jesus bore our infirmities and carried the world's sorrows on the cross. On the cross, Jesus was crushed by the weight of the world's burdens so that you and I don't have to be. You are free. You have nothing to prove. No longer do you need to fuss about all the stuff you can't get to, all the people you can't help, all the burdens you can't carry. But you are free in the resurrection power of the Spirit to be led by the Spirit in joy, in practical help, in hope, in compassion to whoever, whatever, in whichever way God puts you around. Because you know that the biggest burdens of this world, the burdens of identity, of destiny, of salvation, have already been carried. Here's my favourite photo, I think, of the Queen. It's the one that was taken the last on Tuesday, seeing in her 15th Prime Minister over a 70-year reign. How does a 96-year-old still keep serving a nation with a smile? right up to just two days before she dies. I mean, that's not a photo 
of someone who looks weary of doing good. I don't presume to have known the Queen in any way, but I've seen enough of her speeches and read enough of her words to believe that she had a deep grasp of the salvation that's found in Jesus and to know that he carries her burdens. And when you discover that, that Jesus carries burdens, then you can carry the burdens of others for a lifetime. Amen.